Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I'm hitting buttons. Welcome to the war room. We got Ted, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Roll with the topic, sort of like the rubber when it's game time. They like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What's up? What's up? What's up, War Room family? War Room brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Dev McMillan, and right now I'm flying this puppy solo because my co-hosts have not arrived yet. But um, we're gonna get everything underway. Either way, show must go on. We're about to talk about some of the issues was the past week in sports. Stay here with us, and if you want to get in on the conversation, just make sure you sign in right now. The Bodyhood Chat Room, parkradio.com, forward slash The War Room. Uh, or you join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes after we talk some college football with the homie Fred Purdue, um, and we open up that Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. The number is 323 Zero zero one two. But before we get started, like I always tell you, before we uh, before we do this, man, when we're not live on the air, I need everybody out there to make sure that you check out archive episodes of our show on our own network at WarroomSports.com uh, and the Warroom Sports mobile app. Also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, wherever you do your podcast listening, we are bound to be there. Just make sure you go ahead and do a check, uh, and and we'll be with you. Uh, one second, because I believe I might be having some audio issues here, so let me fix that before we get the homie Fred Purdue on the line. Okay. All right, so um, yeah, man. Like I said, it's been a it's been a wild week in sports. It's been a wild week, period, um, in America as usual. Um, and like we usually we talk a little bit of politics at the at the top of each show. We all know what's going on right now. The impeachment hearings are going on uh, in Washington. Um, we just, I don't even know how many people know this, but we just averted another government shutdown. Um, actually, you know, I, I haven't even heard official word that what uh, the House of Representatives passed um, 
to Congress. I, I, I never heard Congress's word on it, but actually tonight was the deadline for funding to run out, and they passed a short-term resolution that will have us right back here a month from now on December 20th trying to avert another shutdown. Um, but in sports, man, we had the whole Colin Kaepernick debacle down in Atlanta. We're definitely going to talk about that. And we had the situation with Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph that people have been talking about all week. So we're going to get to all of this today in this episode of The War Room. But before we do that, we're going to talk a little Miami Hurricane business with the homie Fred Perdue and uh, Hot Topics brought to you by MyBookie. War Room, you can make a lot of bread sports betting at MyBookie. The NFL is nearing its stress run, and, and the NBA is a full go. That is when the players aren't load managing. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is the perfect time to do that. Lay down some scratch on the biggest games in sports. Join us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You tired of getting a runaround from other services when it's time to collect your pay? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast and without hassle. You're wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting so you can place wagers after the game start. So join now. My bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. So just use the promo code WARROOM, that's all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid. That's all there is to it. All right. So we're going to go to the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline because we got our first guest on the line. We got the homie Fred Perdue from Locked On Canes, from the Locked On Podcast Network, here to talk a little bit about his Miami Hurricanes. Fred, what's going on? Good brother. Welcome to the show. What's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. (laughs) Sounds like he rolling solo today, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, rolling solo. Other pilots, you know, they, I don't know. They in the bathroom with with the runs. Or something. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, man. It's just, you know, but I'm at the controls here, so we gonna do this. But uh, how are you though? How you? How's your week going so far? Been good, man. Been good. We finally Miami's coming off a bye week, so nobody's losing. And well, I see. I got a little bragging rights on you, so of course. <laughs> I knew that was gonna come. I knew that was gonna come. Go ahead, Patriot fan, get it over with. <laughs> I won't. Now I'm that, that. just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just going. You know, we didn't play great, but things happen. And uh, right now, yeah, I was... think uh, you guys. You guys kind of made us look a little silly. The offensive line hasn't been looking great, so I'm not really yeah, impressed. I'm I, kind of like I, Tom Brady. I'm not impressed with this right now. I just hope, you know, we can give any type of information and any type of blueprints to those Dallas Cowboys that y'all got to play. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, coming up. And B. Austin is in the building finally. What's up, sir? How are you? <laughs> What's a guan, my youth? What's a guan? Listen, Fred. I'm a, I'm just gonna say this. My defense won, even if my offense. Oh won. no! But your team lost, <laughs> so I'm okay. <laughs> you were okay yeah, but, with that performance, you was cool with that. Oh, okay. so, no, no, not really. I hey, a, a win is a win, Fred. This is all I got to say. And if you got to make the call up to Foxborough, do whatever you got to do. 
You just make sure that they're a little more ready to play this week. I can't have y'all losing to these dudes, especially not. I, you know, know, not chasing them. I refuse to lose to the Cowboys. I, <laughs> I, I, I hope so. That's why I said make the call and make sure they're refusing just like you're refusing. I need, right, well, I, need 500, I need 505 yards per game, Tom Terrific, coming up, man. I need them oh, to hang Tom. 76. Psycho Tom. Psycho Tom. Psycho Tom. I need Psycho all that. Okay. okay. Pretty much. All right, but let's talk about the U real quick. Um, and, you know, Miami versus FIU. Some more Florida rivalry type stuff. But, you know, of course, FIU doesn't have the reputation of a Miami, a Florida, Florida State, you know, those type of guys. But, you know, this rivalry from what I hear, especially, you know, all my years of working with Fred, it means something, you know, to past and present Hurricanes players and fans. So put us down with the with the meaning of this Miami versus FIU game. So there really isn't a rivalry if the other team doesn't win so I, I don't want to call it a rivalry. The last time these two teams played was in 2006 when, you know, we were showing Miles Garrett when he was a small child. Yo, Fred Cocky! Fred out here. Well, I guess, yeah, I, I guess in-state, I, I don't know, I guess you can't call them rivals in-state. Cousins, I don't, I don't know. Little cousins get well, beat up every, what it is, every few years. What it is is, a lot of the same players that are still playing for that are playing for FIU could not become Miami Hurricanes because Miami just isn't going to recruit those guys. They're too small, too slow. But they, but, yeah, he, just, he just called them. He just called them Florida rejects, Miami rejects. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is what it is. It's how recruiting works. And the thing about recruiting is, you know, some guys just aren't. You know, you can play at that division. You can play at the Division One level. You're just playing at a lower tier. You're going to play at a FIU. You're going to play at a Cincinnati. You may even play at, God forbid, FAU. So, I mean, those guys are still – a guy that plays at Miami is, is who's a five, who might be a three-star type of guy is a five-star caliber player at a lower tier school. So, you know, it's a thing. But quite honestly, what the biggest memory of so, these two teams – Let me – hold on, Fred, real quick. Let me break that down to our listeners. Basically, what Fred's saying is, at Miami, you don't really go to class, and you drive the high hey, hey, we and you got the IG model. So and at FIU, you're a student athlete, and your GPA may be above 3.2. I think I captured that pretty well. Not so fast. But, I mean, one T.Y. Hilton did go to FIU. That's their most – Well, Florida Atlantic, I happen to know Florida Atlantic produces nerds, and they go to class. They don't win, but they go to class. FAU is – I mean, they're, they're two different schools, FIU, FAU. They're, but the thing is, I think what people mainly remember about FIU is uh, the fight that happened in 2006 where Brandon Merriweather showed a young Miles Garrett how to swing a helmet at another uh, an opponent's face. You know, that's where he learned that from. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. And that the teams haven't played since then, uh, and is, a lot of is that the Brandon, that the Brandon Merriweather that channeled his inner uh, his inner gangster and his inner uh, yeah, who's the who's the safety from uh, from the Raiders that committed assault on the field? Oh, you're talking is, Jack Tatum back in the day. Jack Tatum, Brandon Merriweather channels his inner Brandon uh, or uh, Jack Tatum. 
right? That's the Merriweather you're referring to? Yeah, yeah. Very much so, very much so. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, I think the, the thing about this game, too, is this game is going to be played. It's not just a typical game. It's being played in a neutral site. But this neutral site isn't just any neutral site. This neutral site is in the home, is at the location of the old Orange Bowl, which is now uh, Marlins Park. And Miami Hurricane fans are a little bit weird about it because we don't like the fact that we had our stadium taken away for an MLB team that sucks. But at the same time, <laughs> we, it's it is business. And um, he talks. You know, the old OB has so many great memories that, I mean, how many times have you seen a wide left, a wide right, or a Florida State team losing, a Florida team losing, Notre Dame, Oklahoma? I mean, you can – how many ever – whatever you want, you can think of in the college game, how many ever upsets. I mean, Miami won its first national title at its home stadium. So, you know, against Oklahoma. So, that so many memories come back, and – I think you're going to see a lot of former players coming out to just reminisce. And the newer players, the young guys now are, they, while they may have not even been alive or also small children when this, this stadium was demolished, they, it's part of the culture to understand what this stadium meant to that program. All right. <clears throat> well, I'm happy to say I got to see the U rock at the Orange Bowl before they demolished it. Um, but, yeah, so I, I get it. So, you know, they, they're playing them at this neutral spot. Um, how do you think – well, I mean, because a lot of the people who attend Miami and go and actually play football for the school, you know, they're, they're, a lot of those guys are from there, like you said. Um, so they kind of know the history on all of this too. So do you think – you know, the feelings of the fans and, and the surrounding area, do you think that trickles down to the actual football players? Of course it does. It definitely does. I mean, you're going to be dealing with seeing a lot of these players are still, they played against each other in high school. I mean, I, I know I probably sound like I slandered a lot of these younger, a lot of these players, but in reality, <laughs> uh, yeah, you're you're a reject, but it's not like it's in, on purpose. It's just you're like a tutu at will, you know. Um, you're bummed by mistake. Yeah, it's, it's not on purpose. You just weren't born big enough. Your yeah, jeans I mean, whacked. if you've ever seen the the HBO special Liberty City, they talk about a player who plays for Louisville tutu at will. Well, he played at Louisville. He he was on the, he's on the Louisville team now, and he had a big touchdown against Miami last uh, two weeks ago in their matchup. He's, the only problem is he could have been a Miami guy, but the problem is he's 5'6 and 150, 60 pounds. He's too yeah. small. Miami will not recruit him, but he runs a 4'3". He's, a sub, he's probably a 4'3", sub 4'3 kind of guy with the ball in his hand. And it's, Earl it's Boinkin's fastest. <laughs> yeah, he's run, he ran away from Miami players, and I'm not talking about the slow linemen. I'm talking about the DBs that run 4-3, 4-4. Uh, four, four. He's just running away from guys. But, again, he's too small. And there's no role for him at a school like a Miami. But at a Louisville where he was a – at Louisville, he's like a five-star prospect because he's, he has Yo, everything Fred, he wants. Yo, Fred, Fred is crazy. Yeah. Fred's hockey <laughs> game is immaculate. Yeah, like, Fred's 
talk shit like I, I respect it, Fred. Fred, you talk that intelligent area. Everybody. FIU, now Louisville. All right, so all right, we that's it's interesting. It's interesting because, you know, it it just adds a little something to a game that a lot of outsiders probably wouldn't care for. But um before before we get you out of here, man, I, just, I definitely got to ask you about this. You know, in our time of talking college football, we've talked a lot of Alabama. We've talked a lot of Tua. Tua, down again. This one seems more serious than anything he's dealt with before. And, you know, the first name that comes up when everybody gets afraid, something like this, is Bo Jackson. What are your thoughts on this? I know nobody can predict what's going to happen as far as whether he'll play again or not. That's for the doctors and modern medicine and all that kind of stuff. My question is, if he steps back onto the field, do you think he could ever, you know, resume the level he was at? Can he still step onto an NFL field and be great? Uh, First off, I'd like to say, uh, Nick Saban, I've never questioned you in my life from Michigan State to LSU to Alabama. Nick Saban, you get one more time at this. You have a fireable offense just now. That's what. That's literally how I feel about it. It's a fireable offense. You had a national championship waiting. I mean, literally, you had a national championship. Just You could sneak in the back door. All you, you pick the lock, sneak in the back door, steal all the cookies, and leave. I mean, I'm just saying it, that's what was going to happen. But then you left Tua out. I mean, Tua is your best option. It is what it is. You know? So you, and you mad at him even though it was yeah, I'm, still I'm the first half? Yeah, I'm big mad at him. You have a 35-7 you lead. You don't think at halftime he probably would have sat him down and let everybody else rock? No, he was going to sit him down anyway, and he had already sat him down, but Tua says, I want to go back in the game. Uh, no, sir, you don't get to go back in the game. There is no going back in the game. You're, I, I mean, if I'm Nick Saban, you better sit your Hawaiian self down and literally do what I say. Um, I'm in control of your life because I run – I yeah. have to call it the best. <laughs> that's, that's how Damn. I feel. And, right. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> What's so your name, me, boy? Coon. Coon. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. I, no, you're starting quarterback when you Fred. have four touchdowns should never be in the game. We're going to name this episode Fred Flexen. Yes, I wanted to get your your thoughts on that. I mean, because it looks like a situation where, you know, his stock is definitely going to drop. And some of the stuff that we talked about in our chat, you know, myself, Tobias, who who we'll be getting to on the line shortly, um, we were saying stuff like, you know, even though – it, it, it may take from his pockets. He might end up now on a pretty good it will team. Put him in a better like he might end up on the New England Patriots and get to learn no. from Tom Brady for no. a year or two. So no, you never I've know how it's going to play no. out. And it's, and the crazy thing is, though, after we talked about that, a couple of days later, somebody actually wrote an article that that yeah, featured that thought. And it, it. Yeah. You know, everybody always spying on our conversations, but. Yeah, I mean, but that could that could be how his career plays out, and that could only be a positive. You know what I'm saying? A lot of quarterbacks, no matter how highly touted they are, a lot of them get into these bad situations because they are good enough to be 
first pick, second pick. They get into these bad situations, and all of their flaws are exposed, but they're with such bad organizations that they can never come back from it. You get into a situation where you were on your way to being, you know, one of the top picks, and then something derailed that, you get on a good team. That's how you're with the evil empire. That could be a whole different, you know. Yeah. I mean, because we don't know. Like, look look at Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he was lucky that things happened the way they did. He had a chip on his shoulder that people passed on him, but there was no telling if Aaron Rodgers jumped into a team that needed him right away. He what jumped out there Alex as a rookie that he wouldn't be average right now. So what you know, if you Alex never Smith is a, is a Packer and what if uh, Aaron Rodgers is a 49er? Are right. their fortunes and a little bummy, different? Uh, I think so. They could be. Like, because right now, you know, everybody – Alex Smith, like, just got good, like, two years ago. <laughs> like a year and a half. A year and a half. <laughs> like, like he just got yeah. like, he figured dude, it you out. You were the number one pick a long time ago. It's, you know, Yo, 19, 19 years in. 33. Yeah. But, but that's the thing. He was so old when he got good, he was already, you know, about to be replaced. And every place that he went. You know, Kaepernick replaced him. Then you go to uh, Kansas City, and you're pretty good there for a little while. But – they got to do sitting there waiting to, you know, he's, he's just, he's been a good stopgap <laughs> bridge quarterback. I'll, I'll say this about Tua, and you mentioned Bo Jackson. I'll say he didn't have the same injury as Bo Jackson, but you have to remember Bo Jackson also played on an injured hip and continued playing on it versus Tua. He went down and he was crying about it because it hurt really bad. I mean, those, yeah, those are totally different situations. But, but, situations. But, you know, but what derailed Bo Jackson's career wasn't necessarily the injury. So even though their injuries are different, what they don't want with Tua, and I don't I, – I, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know the word. It's two words, actually, and I think the second word might be necrosis. Whatever it is, Bo Jackson had something set in his hip that kind of eroded it. And they said yeah, that could yeah. happen in the, the blood situation, but they're right. act, you know mm-hmm. if they act fast enough, they may be able to um, prevent that from happening. So it wasn't actually the dislocation, fracture, whatever happened to to Bo Jackson's hip. It was the erosion afterwards, mm-hmm. and for some from the reason, lack you know, of they uh, from the lack of blood flow. Right. So they, 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 let me let me ask uh, let me ask both of y'all let me ask both of y'all this and and I'm not really familiar with Tua other than butchering his last name Tua Tipitopoli Topopis whatever his name is <laughs> I need to know from y'all where did you guys see him or project him going in the draft and what do you see in his skill set and talent as an NFL quarterback because I'm super unfamiliar with his body of work I really am. Tua is a I, guy that. Go ahead, Dev. I got you. Go ahead. No, no. I was, I was just about to say, you know, from all that we've seen from him, before he started with the back and forth with the little nagging injuries, you know, he was, in my opinion, somewhere between the first and third quarterback that was going to get picked in this upcoming draft. Um, I think, you know, Joe Burrows has burrowed his way. No pun intended you know, into that number one spot at this point. So, you know, Tua may have, injury or not, you know, he may have lost 
that distinction, but he was going to be one of the higher um, quarterbacks picked. Correct me if I'm wrong, Fred. I know you you know you do this for a living. Well, I have a little bit of intel from somewhat from a few people that are actually in NFL circles, uh, working for NFL teams, and I'll tell you the NFL doesn't see him as a a number one overall pick type of guy. They see him as more like a thirteen to seventeen type of guy. And he can be a franchise quarterback, but the injuries are going to be a problem. He's small. I mean, he's going to probably top out at maybe six one and a quarter, six one and a half, probably about two ten ish. I see Russell Wilson without the the takeoff, and he's where, where Russell is just he's extending plays, extending plays. He's uh, two of the guy that he's great with a clean pocket. Uh, I mean, he. The only problem I've seen from him is he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, so he needs great conditions. So you're not – if you put him in Cincinnati, good good luck because it's just not going to work. You put him in a place like Miami, give him an offensive line, give him some help, I can see him being successful. Um, the one thing you have to worry about is that he has never played with a lot of adversity. I mean, in reality, he has three, maybe four – first-round pick wide receivers on one team. And it, it's, the, it's the nature of playing at Alabama. But at the same time, I look at it and I say to myself, he's, he's capable. I would love to see him on a team like the Chargers where you, get the, where you can learn from Phillip Rivers, sit, learn his mistakes, have a chance to uh, be, do the Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre thing. Sit, sit him, do, the way, do it the way real good quarterbacks are supposed to be developed. Let him sit for maybe a year, two years. In, in reality, I love him to sit two and a half. Then you say, Phillip Rivers has been cool. Um, we no longer need your services. Unfortunately, that's the way it should be. I, I don't believe Yo, getting, that's about to happen a lot quicker than a lot sooner than later <laughs> by all reports. Ideally, and, and, <laughs> and give me your thoughts on this one, guys. What do you think? I, Matt Ryan is an average quarterback. I mean, to me, Matt Ryan is an average system quarterback, right? He puts up big numbers, but it's kind of the nature of the NFL. Give Tua the same things he has at Alabama now, right? Um, you give him the, you give him Julio Jones, you give him Calvin Ridley, you give him, get him a tight end. He has a running back. That team can be really good, and they don't play. I mean, they don't run the ball a ton anyway. Put him in, put him in that offense that, that, with Dirk Cutter, and let him sling it around. I mean, what could it I don't hurt? know, man. I, I don't know if I can call Matt Ryan average. Uh, he ain't. I can give MVP you ten quarterbacks Matt better Ryan, than but... Matt Ryan, even if they've already retired. Who? <laughs> I can give you ten quarterbacks. I can give you ten quarterbacks. I'd rather have over his time in the NFL. I can give you ten guys I really like more than. Than Matt Ryan. Yeah, but that and don't I mean, make him average. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I not average. Better. I, I'll put it like that. I'll make, that I'll make take, ten dudes I better. Do. Don't make him average. I'll take I can name like I can name twenty quarterbacks better than Hall of Famers. But don't you know what I mean? I'd ra- I would take a guy what it like is. a Matthew Stafford all day long over a Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan is not going to win. He's not going to win you the big one. So you call Matt, Matt Ryan average and call Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford plays on a team yo, that does not Yo, you know what it is? You know what it is, Dev? You know what it is, Dev, with Fred? Fred sees arm. Fred sees, remember, this guy loves the underwear Olympics. Matthew Stafford's athletic ability and arm talent is definitely superior 
to Matt Ryan, but that doesn't make the results on the field. Yeah, I mean, and he also and he also in the new era puts up Dan Marino numbers, but at the same time, but you also no, no, like because even like if you say to me that you now if you brought Matt Stafford's name up and said you know I think Matt Ryan might be around his level, then I would have given you that. But you diss Matt Ryan and then bring up Matt Stafford as like the better guy. Like Matt Ryan, I think Matt Ryan is he's accomplished way more than Matt Stafford though. But you Matt Stafford just put up a bunch of empty numbers. No, I mean no doubt in the division he's in, he'll never win anything as long as that bad man in in Green Bay is there. I mean that's just a fact. Also, you're on uh, yeah, the very dysfunctional thing as a wild card. They can't beat him. They can't beat anybody. You can't blame I mean, his whole I mean, existence of failure on one dude. Which is a joke. I mean, Green Bay's been down for a few for a few years, so you can't use him as an excuse. Matt Stafford is a number compiler who I like, who I happen to like, but you know he, he, listen, he doesn't listen, get it listen. done. Listen, yo, and 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 that's real. And I will acknowledge as long as Jimmy is not present on the phone, on the on the <laughs> on the show. Like, look, Brett Favre did have a problem gunslinging, and he had some grandsons walking around in the NFL. And Matthew Stafford was one of the first grandsons. Matt Stafford will throw the rock perfectly ten straight times, but there's going to come a time where his ego makes him feel that he can fit it in between five people and a ghost and the pick is coming. And he takes those chances historically throughout his career. And that's something that Matt Ryan doesn't do. He's not as careless with the ball. Matt so Ryan I can't, has, I he can't. Julio, he's had Julio Jones too. He doesn't have to worry about taking chances. Just saying. Just. I mean, Matt Stafford, he put up a lot of numbers with a with a binky with a security blanket too. I mean, dude, just have well, that security blanket. Yeah, he I did mean, have. Still putting up those Calvin. same numbers without that security blanket. I'm just putting it out there. If you get no, no, I, yeah, Calvin, that's what I'm saying. Ryan I don't has. dislike him. I'm just saying, how are we giving Matt Stafford props and we're calling Matt Ryan average? They're damn near the Matt same Ryan, dude. To me, is a is the ultimate nowadays for nowadays. He is a, he is comparable to a Kirk Cousins to me because you put a lot of talent yeah, around. Killing this boy. Yo, we lived, yo, we from we lived in D.C. Dog, we know what Kirk Cousins is. That was an insult. <laughs> it is. Killing it is. Boy. It's a very big insult. Like, I'm, I'm, if you take the two yeah. Julio Jones off. Of, I'll put it to you like this. Take Julio Jones off of that Falcons team. Is that team even uh-uh. – and Calvin Ridley's your number – your ex-receiver. Are you okay with – is Matt Ryan doing the same listen, thing? Listen, listen, you, know you know what this is? You know what this is? Matt Ryan – Matt Ryan is Reggie Miller, and Stafford is Ray Allen. Ray Allen look a whole lot better with what he can do with the Rock in his prime, but he ain't really – there ain't much – in fact, I actually would take Reggie, but skill-wise, you know that that's kind of where you're going. If I can make that analogy, I mean, I, I I think you're slighting I think you're slighting Matt Ryan by placing him average, but in but 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 going <laughs> yeah, Matt at least Stafford, gotta be like, on the same level, man. <laughs> yeah, like, he's like he average. I take Stafford way. I'm like, damn, killed him. I, All right, but okay, we 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 way off topic. 
We we are out of time. <laughs> but Fred, we of course, you know, let everybody know where they can listen to your show and where they can catch you on social media when they want to hear some ish being talked about college football and the Miami Hurricanes. You can catch me on Twitter at Fred Producer FB. You can catch uh you can catch the show on Twitter. Uh Locked on Can at Locked on Canes. I have an actual beef with the team that Miami's about to play. Go check out my thoughts on their Uh-oh. now head coach and former Miami Hurricane head coach, Butch Davis. Check out my thoughts on that. You can find I'm out. Definitely going to check that out. See, Fred, call, yeah. him, call him some rejects again. <laughs> All right, man. We'll wrap to you next week. <laughs> All right, guys. Appreciate you. All right. All right, Fred. Yeah. Fred just poo-pooed on Matt Ryan. Like, <laughs> like the most garbage and – my whole thing is my, there you go there you go again that's that's my point jay cutler in in a vacuum is a super talented qb like arm talent wise but the results on the field is really what we should be weighing it's like one guy gets to me it's like what i like to call spectacular mediocrity like, Matthew Stafford is spectacular in his mediocrity, the way he gets there, but the end result is mediocrity. All right, man. Whoa, well, whoa, 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 whoa. Jay Cutler is what? Jay Cutler is mediocrity. Jay Cutler is below mediocrity. Jay Cutler is a piece of... Jay Cutler spit. is arm talent. <laughs> He's arm talent. Yo, arm talent. Yo, Yo, Jamarcus Russell was arm talent. A lot of people arm talent. They ain't got no brain talent. All right, yeah, look, man. It it has been absolutely, and we're gonna get you on in a minute, Tobias, because we're gonna get your opinions on some of this stuff. It has been absolutely wacky week <laughs> in the NFL, man. Started last Thursday after we got off the air. Um, with that game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland beat up on the Steelers a little bit. Game got a little contentious at the end. <laughs> little is an understatement when with about eight seconds left in the game, Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph after he threw the ball. I don't know if he didn't know that he threw the ball. Um so he hit him, had a, had his arms completely wrapped. He's on top of him. They start struggling. Mason Rudolph wants to get the dude off of him, so he starts doing some stuff that's going to basically poke a bear, and I'm not using this as an analogy. That dude, Miles Garrett, is a goddamn bear. Um, a, 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 a scrum ensued, and when they got off the ground, the next thing we know, Mason Rudolph's helmet is in – Miles Garrett's hand, some of his uh, Pittsburgh Steelers teammates are trying to get in between them. And as that's going on, Mason Rudolph is still trying to charge because, you know, you're a tough guy now when you got all the linemen in front of you. Um, next thing we know, Miles Garrett was trying to play whack-a-mole with Mason's helmet, with Mason's head. Uh, the fallout was was quick. Your man, Miles Garrett, got an indefinite suspension from the league. Um, this was the, These were the original suspensions. We'll talk about the appeals and what happened to that later after we give our initial thoughts. 
Um, he was suspended indefinitely um, and fined something like $45,000. I don't know if that's the total fine or if that's per game. I don't know what it is. Um, uh, Pouncey, Marquise Pouncey was suspended three games because, you know, he came to his quarterback's aid, so he was in there trying to punch and De Niro stomp Miles Garrett while he was on the ground. And somebody else from the Cleveland Browns, he's so, you know, minute to the story. I forgot his name. Um, plus it's difficult to pronounce. <laughs> he got a one-game suspension for his role, and I'll get his name in a minute. So what were, what were you guys' thoughts when you saw this? Because it was one of those polarizing uh, situations. I noticed it to, you know, it got that way. As the days went on, because at first, you know, everybody's reaction was like, whoa, Miles Garrett is tripping, this and that. But by the next afternoon, it seemed like Mason Rudolph was the bad guy to everybody on social media. Um, and some of the talking heads, you know, he, he started to be the focus of everything. What did you guys think when you saw it? Um, I think there's culpability on both parts. But I also think in a controlled environment, NFL football game, Miles Garrett, it, 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 it's like if we're going to square up and the understanding is we're going to square up, we're going to throw these hands, and then Miles Garrett reaches behind his back and pulls out the, the nickel-plated 40-glock pocket rocket um, to let, you know, 20 off in my chest. Like, he took it to a level – that it didn't need to go. Like he, he, he was, he was. What's, what's? I, I don't know. What's Miles Garrett going to do, or, or Miles Rudolph going to do these? I mean, what, what or, or uh, Mason? My ball, my bad. What's he really going to do these, man? Um, I did watch the tape closely, and I will agree with a lot of the Browns players. The Steelers QB was not all innocent. He was an aggressor of sorts, and he should be reprimanded at some level. I don't agree with an indefinite suspension for Miles Garrett. I'm cool with him being suspended for the rest of the season. Um, but I do think the uh, the Pittsburgh QB deserve one game, maybe two. Yeah, I, 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 that's my take. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, what do you think? Yo, um, <laughs> y'all got so many thoughts about this whole thing because it took another turn today. You know what I'm saying? My man threw his draw card down today. Yeah, but, yeah, um, that's that. We're, we're going to get to when that. I, we're going when I, we're gonna to progress. When I first saw it, though, when I first saw it, though, I was like, yo, Bull started it. Like, he had the jump, you know what I'm saying? Um, plus, I know he a bully because he used to stuff people in their lockers and, and, and pee on them according to Twitter. Um, but that's <laughs> You're talking about Mason Rudolph. Yeah, 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 yeah. Plus, I ain't like the boy anyway. Cause he, you know, he he's expressed some thoughts. You know, I don't bang with the boy like that anyway. But taking bias aside, um, yo, like, boy, <laughs> it's one of those situations. I think it'd be awesome to say it's like one of those situations. Like, yo, boy started it. You can't tell how to respond to the energy you put out. Did the boy take it too far? Um, absolutely, he took it too far. But you can't, you can't like push somebody and then like try to like for their response you know what I'm saying like but at the end of the day he lost a lot of bread doing that 
he lost yeah. a lot of money by doing that. And he hurt his team. So you got to deal with the consequences of your actions, beloved. You know what I'm saying? If you want to deal with the consequences, then so be it. Yeah, well, they both was wrong. They, everybody, everybody's wrong in this case. Everybody, he was wrong for starting it. He was wrong for taking it too far. But they all wrong. That, and that's what I think. Like with him, I, I, I think Mason Rudolph may have escalated. I don't know if I ever really agreed with he started it. And I'm, you know, I'm walking now. I'm walking down a dangerous path now because you know us being black broadcasters, quote-unquote media members or whatever, you know, I'm really not allowed to say anything that doesn't 100% completely side with the black dude because you know how everybody is these days. You know, I'm, next thing I'm be getting called those names and all that kind of stuff. But no, man, listen, when have man, I given a damn? When have I given a damn? So my thing is when, when people – because first of all, it, that whole thing started to look like a cop-out to me when everybody – well, he started. It. I'm like, okay, let me. Even if I give people that he started it, well, that's okay. Yeah, what, that don't matter. what does that What does that change about how dude decided to retaliate to the situation? Right, so let's go right, back to the right, he started it right. thing. All right, he hit he hit the dude late, wrapped him up, kind of wouldn't get off of him. Now, if starting it is like frantically trying to rumble with the dude so he can get the hell off of you. Like, I don't really look at that as starting it. I'm looking at that as, like, you know, get off me. Now, once they were separated, I mean, because a lot of the stuff that we saw as the, the as the quote-unquote proof to he started it were still shots. I've learned, and I've, I've learned this just this year, that still shots can tell some lies. Um, taking it back to the first game, the that was it the first game of the season, the second game of the season with the Eagles and, and Aguilar when he dropped the pass against the uh, the Falcons. And the very next day, some Eagles fans came out with this still shot with the Falcons player, you know, his hands were on Aguilar. So they was basically saying, well, it was a pass interference that wasn't called. I go watch the video, and this must have been such a split-second thing, like you don't even see it in the video. And if you're watching that game in real motion like a ref is, if you're watching that game in slow motion, there's no way that you even come close to making that type of call. So I started, you know, I, I started noticing that with other still shots. I'm like, yo, cameras are so fast these days. Like when you hit the burst, you know, the, the, the whatever you call it, cameras are so fast these days with the shutter speed it's like you can really catch stuff frozen that barely happened. So I'm looking at the video versus these still shots, and I'm like, yo, to me, it just looked like the dude is trying to fight him, fight this bear to get up off of him. Now, once they got up, it's like, what the hell are you going to do with this dude now? But you got you got some courage because you got your lineman in between you. This is when I think Mason Rudolph was at fault for escalating the situation and keeping the situation going. Because had he not kept rushing at the dude, he probably wouldn't have got whack-a-mole played on his head. So at that point, yeah. I, so I wouldn't say he started it, but I say I would say he escalated it. And then and then uh, yeah. Miles Garrett, his his reaction was just all wrong. You just can't do that. Like I think I, I've I heard think people he say, started... look, man, if we rumbling and I got something in my hand – that's the chance you take, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but like one of y'all said, y'all used the word controlled environment. Like this is not 
a street fight. Yeah, they were. Like, <laughs> and nobody's yeah, life well, is really so, in danger so, out so, here. So, so, but here's to that point. Here's to that point. And I, I, I do think, I do, I do think, um, um, Maga Rudolph started it, but. I know, yeah, you already, you already said that. I was giving my opinion. No, but what I'm saying is, I don't think, I don't think that matters though. Like, I really don't think that it matters. Right. No, I mean, because that's like a playground excuse. That's why I said, even if I give people that, that's still like a playground excuse. He started it. How old are you? You killed him. Like, he started it, but you had to murk him. <laughs> and, and another thing about this, another thing about this is like I understand the whole controlled environment, thing, but I also understand like of being in the moment and being an, an aggressive man, and and someone is like you know in your space and grab. I understand that like you lose it. Man, no, no, I mean, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I was never appalled. Like oh my god, how can that happen? Reflexes are reflexes. Reactions are reactions. But damn, yeah. homie. <laughs> The optics on that's my whole point. And that's and that's my whole point. Like my whole point is like they both grown men, they made a decision, they're gonna have to live with it, but I understand I understand, like so I'm not gonna criticize him because I probably would have reacted the same way. And you gotta talk about these dudes are NFL players who are in in a game. Now granted the game was over, but still, like that's the that's the crazy part about like being in the NFL. (laughs) It's it's so aggressive. You can't Yo, I've heard people go as far talk like Paid people on the radio. I heard people go as far as to say it was um, Mike Tomlin's fault for even calling a play in that situation. <laughs> I'm like, damn, the people just trying to find different angles so they can be different. Yeah, yeah. Mike, Mike, Tomlin be letting Mike, Mike Tomlin have it. I know but who dude, said that. That was Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw probably said that. Dude, I don't know. I forgot who it was. Oh, I listened to. Cell players cannot cut it off. Period. Like. These dudes, man, like it's supposed to always get arrested for like assault. You know what I'm saying? On 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 other people, their women, their their family. Like they don't know how to cut this yeah. thing off. It's, all these dudes. All I say, Mason Rudolph is lucky. These dudes are over He is lucky that dude held that he still had the helmet in the same grip that he had on it when he took it off of his head. Because if he would have taken like a split second or if the helmet would have moved and turned the other way and he would have hit him with the crown of that joint, oh, my God. Man, listen, <laughs> Pittsburgh still would be at Mason Rudolph's funeral today. He'd have still been in the uh, is, protocol. And not that it really matters, a, but I've, I've, I've watched uh, NFL films. I've watched NFL films and seen Jack Lambert and them cats. Like, this probably wouldn't even have been a flag back in the 70s. Like, no, nah, like, nah, nah, and it wasn't. And, like, and that's one nah. thing, like – because when you talk about the suspension, people kept talking about precedents like, well, you know, you know, nobody's ever done this. And then, you know, everybody went to dig around to see people who's actually done. Like, we don't know who's actually done anything exactly like that. But I've seen so many photos this week of old NFL players holding a helmet in their hand and, you know, for people to prove their point. That My, my only point is this, like, on social media, where you know I spend most of my my time with these with sports fans, it's like all I seem to see all week, and it might just be the, the you know our target audience or the audience that Echo gravitates towards us. <laughs> like everything just seemed to be defending Miles Garrett, so I'm like, okay, like even even like I said, even if I give you Mason. Rudolph started it. 
and I I definitely agree he should have had some kind of role, some kind of punishment. Um, I think they are going to fine him, but he probably a, a game suspension or something like that just for his role in the whole thing. But I'm just like, okay, even if that happens, like everybody that's saying this, are you satisfied then? Or like, I, I, basically, what's the point of all the defense yeah, and all the know. research and all the digging to show that? Somebody may have done something like this before, or this dude started it. At the end of the day, like, what, what's the end game with that? Bull swung a I helmet and I mean, what they, what they, what they, and connected. What they, what they, what they were trying to say without saying it is that this was Luke Keekley hitting Lamar Jackson, and we we were in the same situation. Now, saying we ain't got yeah, that, that got sounds going. cute, but nah, he hit that boy <laughs> in his head with a helmet. Luke Keekley in trouble. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's what they're trying to say. Yeah, that's probably is what they. That's that's definitely what they're trying to say. But come on, uh, that's what they're trying to say, man. <laughs> Listen, man. Let me. All right, put it like this. That sounds crazy. What I just said, right? But if that happened, would you really be hurt though? You said what? I what? If that happened and and there was no like the the situation played out, would you be? You broke no, up. We you in, we in fantasy land. Would you be would you, shocked? Would you be shocked? Oh, if, if, shot. if yeah. there was no punishment for Keekly? No yeah. punishment for Luke Keekly. Well, in America, I can't be shocked for anything. I'd be okay, angry. That's, as, all right, as, all right. So as, that, that, there we go. Serious. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. That's all uh, I wanted yeah. to say. I, I'd be angry. Uh, shot. And Cat could try to justify it, too. Cat could try to justify yeah, nothing, it. You know, Lamar Jackson yeah. run, so... <laughs> Yeah. But anyway, but anyway, I just hate when we do. I just hate when we do what they do. You know what I'm saying? We call them out on stuff they do, and then we do the same things. Like we we really can't justify somebody getting smacked in the head with a helmet, yo. Listen, we can justify (laughs) anything, man. Listen, I I I understand what you're saying. You hate when we do what they do, but um, I guess for me, I because that that's what I that's my form of reparations until I get a check. That's my form of reparations. But that's even here. No, because there, you know what I've been that. saying all week? I've been I've been saying like if he dropped the helmet and lumped this dude up ungodly, like I like like I there's nothing I would I was like, look, they're in a fight. His helmet came off. He beat he beat your face up. Like that's what happens. But the helmet, yeah, I get it. A step over I the get line. it. I get it. He used it as a weapon, but and I, I would have loved to see that. I, I would love to see him like drop the helmet different. and just pummel that dude. I look at <laughs> things for different. Trying to like, act tough because they're football players. Like I hold football players in a whole different like I put them in a whole different <laughs> box, right or wrong. Like I'm not shocked by their brutality and their like their 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 animal instincts. Like these dudes all no, I mean, yeah, all all. I had a couple of football you know player saying? friends, and they're not really pleasant to be around because that is how they yeah, act like all they, the time. Like, they dudes that's like too touchy feely. Always want like you know what I'm saying. Yeah, always want to wrestle. Even when it's not, even when it's not that kind of aggression. Like if they laughing, he got to grab you to laugh because they just used to like. Yeah, yeah, yo, <laughs> like, exactly. Cat, they cat, just used to be rough. Pound, like, shake their hand. They are unpleasant to be around, man. They've been trained to be aggressive all their lives. Very unpleasant. Yeah, like yo, uber aggressive. So it's like I, I hold them in a whole. I put them in a whole different box. So it's not shocking to me, man. It's just the whole situation. Like, 
and I get it. We grown men want to wrestle and slap box and shit. Like, we gotta on, get man. we gotta get pieces about like everything. But I'm like, yo, what happened? It is what it is. Like you know, I understand how I came back up to date, but but at the same time, man, like it's not shocking to me. Um, I'm surprised it didn't happen more. Yeah. All right, let me let's go to the phone line because we got some more on this because some more stuff came out later in the week that we gotta address real quick, but. Homie Tobias been waiting on the line. He about to curse y'all out, even though he's going to say my name. What's up, Tobias? <laughs> I just got here, Tobias. I was in the street with Stephen A. Smith. I just got here, man. Wasn't me, man. Be Austin on the boards. Hey, all this bloviating y'all doing, man. What's going on, man? Uh, oh, man, what's, what's up, up with you? man? Hey, uh, how come, hey, how come they come on saying no roll damn time, man? What's up? Why, why, you, why your whole... Hey. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, it's, it's, hey, I don't know. That, hey, I got to say this real quick. I got to say this, man. First, this, we got a bunch of black folks defending Miles Garrett, despite the fact that he even said that, hey, I don't care if white folks call me the N-word. <laughs> he still defending him. Like, yeah. bruh, the dude's a coon. Speak, yeah. Speaking of that, we will get to that in a yeah, minute, he mega, he yeah. mega miles. He mega. Miles. He, play, he played yeah. himself saying that. <laughs> All lives matter, miles. It sounds like five year olds talking. But hey, he started it. Hey, if a guy swings on me at the bar with his fist, that don't mean I have to pull my knife out. Uh, you know, he swing on the back. If all he had to do was swing on with his fist, he would have been all right. And for what they were showing Rudolph, that's just a fine. Like, you get fined for that. You don't get four game suspensions for that. So my thing is, yes, you could say he was wrong, he started it, but that doesn't mean you got to go swinging your helmet out there. And plus, Garrett has a history of dirty play this year. And so that factors in as well. He's pretty much the uh, the, the, the big you word saying Because a lot of the people I saw said, no, you know, Garrett, he ain't got, you know, he, he they said he, he a pretty good dude. He hadn't, have, he hadn't gotten in trouble for anything. I'm like, have y'all watched the dude? Like, Dude get a lot of personal files. <laughs> like he's like the new he's on his way to being like the new and dominant So as, but like I said, as, you don't get like Jim like Jimmy alluded to though, you kinda don't get as good as he is without being like a trained aggressor. Yeah. Like this is what he's yeah. been all his and, life. And, and and here's the crazy part about it. They got a game set Sunday and we're, and they're still talking about this. How about you talk about your opponent? <laughs> That's something that is killing me right now. Talk about your opponent. What happened, happened. Yeah. Be like Belichick. I don't know who they played this week. I think they played Cincinnati. Be on Cincinnati. How about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a big deal when your best player, because he probably is their best player, is out for the No, night. he is. He's definitely their best player. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, yeah, your yeah, best you player know, is out it, for the it, season. It I don't think it's going to go on to next season. No. I, I think at the end of the season he's going to have a little meeting, or at the or at the beginning of training camp or something. Yeah. He's going to have a little meeting with Goodell, and they're going to reinstate him. I think everything will be cool unless what he did in his appeal comes back to bite him. Um, what Jimmy and I were talking about earlier, he tried to. He he said <laughs> in his appeal <laughs> yesterday <laughs> that Mason Rudolph. <laughs> said some racial slurs to him, and that really set the whole situation off. Now, Tobias, you're in the chat group with us. You, we, yeah. were all, we were wondering where this was last Friday, and I'm not talking to people listening. I'm not talking about we were wondering today 
where it was last Friday. Last Friday, we were in the chat group talking about, okay, when is Miles Garrett going to tell these people that, you know, he called him the N-word or something? Because that's our go-to. And I'm not ashamed of that. Yep. <laughs> like, that's our go-to. If, if we're in trouble, you got to try it. But trying it <laughs> almost a week later, when after the game, you know, you were very apologetic. You were like, uh, well, he, he said something. He sounded real articulate in, in his apology, saying that was on me. And I kind of lost my cool and, and all of that kind of stuff. And then I guess when you when you made your appeal, maybe they were sitting in there and, and nothing was working. He, didn't know he, was he just decided to just throw it up against the wall. <laughs> Jimmy said he threw his draw for it the wrong time. <laughs> no, he didn't like, know crazy. he was going to catch all – he was going to lose all them game checks. That's what it was. Yeah, no, he saw all them no, game he, checks. He was like, yo, I got to pull the N-word out on this. He said, I made a mistake. I lost my cool. It's going to come back to hurt our team. The guys who jumped in the scrum, I appreciate my teammates having my back, but it shouldn't have gotten that far. That's on me. And you know what, At some point, if, if he really called you something like that, up. Which, which you know, with us, you don't really have to call us that. It's just our defense me- mechanism sometimes. Sometimes we're just going to say that because a lot of people are like, oh, oh that happened. All right. Forgive it. Yeah. I understand. It, it, but a week later, also, he tried to play that card. Here's the thing. Also, yeah. And Rudolph's also hey, – and Rudolph's kind of open about being Team MAGA. I don't care if you are. That's your political belief. You have a right to do that as a citizen to vote whoever you want to vote for, you know. Uh, but people won't try to use that. But Garrett, but the thing is, though, when they show that play, people want to do the still photos. Actually, the tackle Miles Garrett made on Mason Rudolph hitting him after the play was kind of like a dirty play as well because it was a screen pass at the end of the game. <laughs> and Miles Garrett was kind of roughing him up also. But they don't want to talk about that. It's like people want to twist the narrative. But he can't go off saying, hey, you called me the N-word. And when he said a year ago that, hey, yeah, if, if black people could say it, everybody should be able to say it. So why did, why does it piss you off now when it pissed you off last year? Well, last year, cause I, I, because I did some extra research into that, and he was kind of all over the place um, yeah. when he was talking about that. Because at some point, because basically he was upset at black people for being upset that people called him that. But then when asked, he said, no, I wouldn't want anybody to call me that, but I just he he was basically just wanting things to be equal. If we can say it, it then they should be able to say it. So it's like, how can you have that out there? And it was a big deal when it happened. And you think a week later, like, you can use that as a defense. Well, the NFL basically told him FOH. Um, his suspension has been upheld. Uh, Pouncey's suspension went down uh, to two games. And I still don't know what Mason Rudolph's fine is, but I but I heard that he is going to be fine. So, Hey, um, hey, can, can, I, can I bring this up by Tua real? Can I bring this up by Tua real quick? Uh, Who's that? Now, now, you were talking about the Hey, we already know light skin Fred got his own thing to say, right? We already know he's a sports guy. He's a pundit. <laughs> Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. If this was the fourth quarter or late in the third, I'd be like, all right. It was the first half. Everybody is stuck for the name of, hey, this ain't Kawhi Leonard or John Morant who want to do load management. It's the first half. But people say, oh, this, see, Tua doesn't have a howler, so we all know that, right? He's a timing player, accuracy and all that. 
he he missed two weeks before that LSU game, and he was rusty as hell that first half. So you mean to tell me, oh, we'll pull him early. Don't play him the next week. Oh, yeah, and then we'll go to Auburn like everything's okay against that great defense. It's, sometimes it's just ball. If it's the first half, it's ball. And C.J. Mosley had the same injury Tua had in college, and he turned out to be a pretty good player himself right now in this league. So I hope the best for him. And I'm kind of glad he's not going to go to a dumpster fire at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He'll go to a stable organization finally. Hopefully. I just, I found it kind of funny that people were saying that kind of stuff. Like, you know, Nick Saban, this is your fault and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, it was the first half. Like, yeah, it was the first half. Like, even if you know, and Fred said, you know, he basically said he had on good authority that they were going to sit him at the half anyway. So I'm like, what's wrong with that being the plan? Like, freak things happen in sports. That's why, you know, we want to do all these analytics. We want to talk about load management and all that kind of stuff. Most things that happen, it's just a freak occurrence. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't – I just don't understand how people can say in the first half, like, why was he still in the game? Like, like, why wouldn't he be in the game? In, in the first half of the game, I think I think this is just, it's just karma for Bull Connor, and also a more recent issue. Um, the cops in Alabama, the cops in Alabama's got a court planting um, drugs on a thousand innocent black men. That's in 2019, by the way. This isn't like old news. This just dropped. And uh, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's what's going on. Hey, I don't know what I mean, that's a new story that dropped today, by the way. Hey, I, I know Steven. You know, sometimes it's ball, though, man. Things happen because, you know, the guy who played for the Bucks a couple years ago, Kendall, Kendall Beckwith, middle linebacker, career over because he got in a car. What do you mean? The guy can't get in the car and drive now? Sometimes people just get hurt, man, and you hate it for them. But at the same time, at least he won't end up on the Dolphins, the Bucks, things like that. He may go to a stable team. Who knows? The Patriots may move up and take him. You know, so yeah, because yeah, because stable teams might still take the gamble. Yeah, because yeah, I hope he has a great career. I hope he has a great career. I just, I'm just glad Alabama can't win now. That's all. Yeah, (laughs) hey, people talking about Opal Tua. Hey, Mac Jones only moved the ball and got three points in that second half. By the way, Uh, just letting y'all know that right now. But uh, Jimmy, you have to buy is ignoring you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Listen, listen, listen. I'm already done. When, when he came on, he ain't say roll damn tide. That's always his call in. You know what I'm saying? Until, until. Hey, hey, you know. I'm actually resigned to the fact. I'm resigned to the fact this year. And by the way, when Alabama don't play in the playoff game, there will be a lot of these players going to sit out the bowl game, which I don't mind because it's a meaningless bowl game. And a lot of players are doing that now over the years, which I don't blame them because it's not a playoff game. Hey, they they, but, uh, <laughs> they load manage. Oh, so you okay with load managing bowl games? You don't like load managing because all the time. Because, so because, because the thing okay is, you're not, you're not playing for They don't have the money yet. Football, they don't have the money, and that's what I'm saying. Cause, yeah, they, um, they, they, they didn't get the check yet. <laughs> they, okay, so, so they, they don't want to okay. I don't know. Yeah. I never even thought hey, about it. I don't care j- about j- bowl games j- that much. Yeah. Yeah, John Morant ain't old enough to drink yet. He already load managing. Come on, bro. Hey, listen, <laughs> man. Stop it, man. Hey, he's on the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies suck. They need heat all the reps he can get. <laughs> what, what, what are they saving him for? Summer League? Yo, John Knight, man. Yo, you're you talking on John, John Rookie of the Year right now, man. Hey, man, but, nice. but, 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 but one thing, I'll, I'll say these two quick things before I run. 
first. Uh, yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get the Gus and hey. the picks. Oh Lord. Yeah, anyway, and we I'm glad got I Reginald, paid my rent. Reginald, Reginald's on too. But go ahead, though. Hey, okay. I'm glad I paid my. I'm glad I paid my rent first. Shout out Gus. But uh, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. Uh, I cannot wait. I, I, I cannot. I cannot wait to see Court make all the memes, and I cannot wait to see Moreland get mad when Luca wins the MVP this year. But also, when you watch Captain, I say this real quick. I say this real quick. I don't think Kaepernick wants to play, but the NFL was kind of dirty themselves. If the NFL is doing you this dirty, why in the hell are you trying to beg to join this league? Why do you keep trying to beg to join this league that if they this bad? That's my thing. Because after a while, bruh, it's good marketing, man. What you hating? Yeah. (laughs) All all these woke folks talking about, oh, this. I'm like, look, man. I was with him, man. But one, he ain't speaking for himself. Everybody's controlling his narrative. His woman speaks for him. I don't like that as a grown man. No, no disrespect to the ladies. But I'm about to myself. say you about to get all the ladies mad out Uh-oh. there. Uh oh. But, but, but what I'm saying that's that, the thoughts and feelings of Tobias do not wrong. represent the thoughts. AKA. <laughs> All right, but, man. But, but, but you gotta take it easy, man. All right, we holler at you next week, man. All right, y'all. Yeah. All right, everybody on the phone line, man. Hold tight. We got one more second. We're just gonna get some quick NFL picks from uh, the homie Gus Griffin, and we were gonna we're gonna get to these phone lines. So just hold tight. All right, so um, we got Gus Griffin on the line. What's up, Gus? How you doing? All right. So last week you were. This made this was your worst week yet. You were one and four yeah. last week, twenty eight and twenty six overall. Though we're still hovering above five hundred here, so come on, we gotta we gotta knock this one out the park this week, man. We gotta knock All it right. out the park. I just said, encourage your encourage your listeners that this is a marathon and not a one hundred yard dash. So because uh, <laughs> I lost one hundred yards. Everybody, dash. listeners, you know if you if you're out there, you're investing with Gus. He's just been low. He low managed last week, so now exactly. he's back in the game, and you know, hopefully he's not rusty. So twenty eight and twenty six overall. We're gonna start with the Raiders and Jets. This is an over under pick. Uh, their over under is forty six point six points. Where are you going? All right. Um, the Jets. The Jets have gone over in their last four straight games. Pass happy Raiders with very little defense. Take the over. All right. Uh, the next one we have the Falcons uh, versus the Bucks. The spread on this one is four and a half points. Okay. The Falcons the two, are the favorites. The Falcons are the favorites. The two six, 2016 Falcons have been found. They've jumped off the milk carton. Um, and what's amazing is the last two weeks is they've done it with defense. They've only given up 12 points in the last two games. And that includes against the Saints in the Dome. Um, Jameis Winston is sure to give them at least two turnovers, if not more. Take the Falcons minus the four and a half. They're not, they're not, it's too little too late in terms of them making the playoffs. They may have saved Dan Quinn's job, but they have both the Saints again and the 49ers on their schedule remaining. They're going to have an impact on the playoffs, even though they won't be there. All right. Um, this next one is another over-under. This is the Giants-Bears. Their over-under is 40. Where are you going? The Bears are the most reliable under team in the league. Um, and, you know, and the, with with their defense and a 
basically a non-threatening quarterback play at this point. The Giants, when they've played any defensive note, they're always in the teens, no more than that. So I'm taking the under. All right, under 40 on that one. We have the Panthers at New Orleans. Panthers are 10-point dogs in this one. Okay, now this one and the last one, last one, um, uh, uh, we got the Dolphins are 10.5-point underdogs to Cleveland. I'm, I'm going to combine these, try to save you some time. I'm always looking at double-digit underdogs. Last year, they're 19-14-1 with six outright upsets. That's double-digit underdogs. This year, even though we have three god-awful teams, um, usually have one or two, we have three of them, the Dolphins, the um, Washington, and Cincinnati, in spite of them, they're still – they're still they still have a winning record. The double digit are 13, 11, and one right now with three outright upsets. I'm going to continue that. I'm taking the Panthers. It's a division game. Also, I don't believe in laying double digits in a division game, so I'm taking the Panthers plus the ten and jump to the Dolphins plus the ten and a half. Um, last note: the Cleveland Browns are not accustomed to this kind of attention um, from the Monday night game. And, and you know, they, they they beat my Steelers good. And we, we that's a whole other discussion, of course. You can see my column on that. Um, but they're not accustomed to this kind of attention. I don't know that they're mature enough to handle it. They're not ready to be a 10.5-point favorite over anyone, I don't believe. Um, and if they do cover it, then that shows a, a degree of maturity. But I don't think they're ready for it. I'm taking the Dolphins plus the 10.5 and the Panthers plus the 10. All right, and there you have it. This is not a load management week. Go out there, get your investments together. Um, Gus has a, a an article that just came out this morning on warroomsports.com, and it's it's basically about what we've been talking about for the past 30 minutes or so, the whole Miles Garrett um, situation, just, you know, a different perspective. Uh, so make sure you go to warroomsports.com. You can click on that blog tab, or you can just go right to the middle of the home page. You'll see the titles of all the articles there. Make sure you check it out. Um, all right, Gus, we'll see you next week, man. Hopefully, all right, good enjoy. Hopefully with an undefeated week record. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, you'd always make a late-season charge. All right. We'll talk to you next week, man. Appreciate it. Take care. All right, we definitely got to talk this Colin Kaepernick stuff, but like Jimmy said, we got some more callers on the line. You said we got Reginald waiting. Uh, let's go to Reginald. Yeah, yeah. In the district. Reginald, what's going on, man? Welcome to the war room. Yo, appreciate it. You came in. like the show. No love the energy you guys bring. So Thank where do y'all want to start? I, got a lot, I heard a lot we of good appreciate stuff. it. Hey, hey run down me. the top. You got an opinion on the whole Miles Garrett situation? Oh, no doubt. I mean, what hasn't been said, i start. So this this racial slur, the latest and greatest, I'm disappointed for this one reason. Leading prior to, everything leading up prior to that statement or that accusation, which obviously they've already proven that has not been no evidence has shown, we, right. we, we pretty much put it in a position or gave him a sense of posture of reactionary. But I'm sort of a the theorists that saying, if you claim that they said it was racial, I mean, that he made a racial slur prior to that play, now I'm wondering, was this some premeditated in this action? I was, about to, I was just Meaning, about to say that. That makes the whole thing that, premeditated. That like, <laughs> takes this whole argument out and really cuts the wind out of his sail from everything he does. Now, I am supportive of Miles in this respect, in that this situation – 
escalated because of Mason Rudolph. Yeah, because he wouldn't. Not back just down. because of the head pulling and not the kick, but see, at some point, you're without a helmet, charging a player who's bigger than you with a helmet, with your helmet for that matter. <laughs> and you got uh, two helmets. He assumed that nothing was going to happen to him. Like, nothing's going to hurt me. I've got my teammates around me. I'm going to bark like a little dog. And you run up on a big dog. I can't negate that aggression to say that, hey, if you never charged him, guess what? They would have given him a flag. Unsportsmanlike for ripping his helmet off, they would have dealt with it in that level, and that he would have been the end you, of it. Handed you your helmet back, and everything would have been everything. That, that, but that would have been the end of it. My whole thing from the start was like, okay, so, if if he wants to keep charging, I'm like, if 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 Miles Garrett wants to drop the helmet and and give this dude some hands, like I couldn't blame him. I mean, he would get some, he would get suspended for that as well. But it would, the optics wouldn't be as bad. Like you know, he kept charging me, so I, I beat the dude up. <laughs> but don't you think it was doing sort of an eye for an eye? You tried to take my helmet off, so I took it off. You're charging me while your man is engaging me because he had to reach over to <clears throat> the player. And yes, he was wrong to swing the helmet. So you get your fine, you get your suspension. Yeah. But we know that this league, that suspension, I believe, is driven mostly on. We don't ever want to see anything like this happen again by anyone in the league. Let this be a lesson. That's why he didn't get that appeal overturned. There was no reason to. Six games, your, and, your, your team is not going to make the playoffs anyway. So Right, and, that, and that's why, like, a lot of people that I've spoken to, you know, they kept trying to bring up things from the past, something that happened in 85, and somebody brought up something that happened in the 70s, and, you know, these guys got fined and they they didn't get suspended. But like you just said, like today's day and age, like they're trying to send a message so it never happens again. We can't really compare what's happening now to what you know to what happened back then. But you I know, heard I, one, that, and I another thing, that's a football that. player thing. Like they always, it seems like when you see people get into a fight, you know, besides the crazy ones who try to actually swing punches while a player has helmets. You know, a helmet on. Sure. I never understood why they did that. But when they grab at each other, it seems like they always grab at the face mask to try to push your helmet off or pull your helmet off. I yeah, think that's sure just reactionary as well. Yeah. But I think this NFL right now really appeases the fan base. That's, that's the reactionary level of the fan base was, oh, he needs to be out of this league. I think they take a little bit of that into consideration because there's a rule there's a rule already in place for removal of a helmet there's a fine for it i mean i'm not a fan of mason getting only a thirty-five thousand dollar fine because i think you asked how much was his fine i think it should have been one game because i thought 35 was just not enough because of the parts that he played in it and then to reduce to reduce ponzi's down from three to two I'm not in favor of that because I believe that he went above and beyond being that Miles Garrett already had the other dude on top of him and he was punching and he got a kick and in. kicking him. Yeah. He, was, he, right. he got a few kicks in so there I as well. He was justified. I thought the six was right 
or I should say indefinite, but I thought it should have been appealed to just simply six so we don't have to come back and what I call bow to Caesar, the NFL. But uh, truly, I think Mason should have gotten one game. I think um, because I can't see it going past, you know, the six that ends this season. I agree. Unless somebody tries to be petty because of, you know, him bringing up the whole racial thing in his appeal. But he's got to come back to the office and ask for it. See, that's the part. But that's all. Yeah, that's all. They're just gonna they're gonna test his level of remorse, you know. Once that happens, and he should be fine. But you still gotta come in. Right, real quick, it. what's your um, what's your thoughts on the whole Kaepernick situation from this past weekend? I'm gonna tell you right now, Kaepernick is a NFL starting quarterback. It's because of this whole scenario. The devil's in the details. Those who've got the football IQ understand what Kaepernick Kaepernick was dealing with. The short-term notice, the lack of knowledge of receivers, the audible, as I call it, which good quarterbacks do. He he has a platform. He has a he's already said he has integrity. That's not something compromisable. Those who question that he wasn't he doesn't really want to play. I ask you, then why is he standing football quarterback shape for three years? Because he can't use that skill anywhere else. He's not entertained any offers to go to this new XFL or, you know, the Canadian League. It's always been about the NFL. And I believe that he accomplished actually what he did by cutting out the middleman. Um, I come from a business mindset, and that's this. The NFL has never put together a – player pro day, if you want to call it that. So being that they had no skin in the game, other than the ulterior motive of trying to get the signature of him for a no trying to get the waiver signed <laughs> waiver, which is uncost, um, uncharacteristic. They're like in the business world, we look at it as a hiring agency. They have no skin in the game because they will not be the one doing the hiring. They're not the ones who will have to pay him. But a hiring agency will go to you, the employee, and identify your strengths and weaknesses and sell it to your employer or potential employer. In this case, they were not trying to do that. They were representing the employer and giving him demand. Well, anytime you call a, as an employee, you call an employee, you, you, you tend to be a little flexible because obviously you want him because that was their goal, they said. We want to get you a shot. Jay-Z supporting that supposedly in the background doing some work. He's mad. I don't understand why the NFL is mad at all. Other than that they couldn't get away with what I call their hoodwink attempt fast, you know, track of trying to get a signature and some, some demand. But why are they mad? They, they lose nothing in this. Kaepernick has been without a job in this game. He's shown the skills. 25 teams, low-level scouts showed up, not decision-makers. And yeah. seven decision days. makers were busy, right? So right, <laughs> too busy on and the Saturday. Seven, but but let's think about it from Kaepernick's standpoint. Because somebody said, "What did he accomplish?" I think he ruined it. No, he didn't. Up until this point, or prior to this week, all he had, all you had, was a mouthpiece of him saying, "I'm ready," and video YouTube videos saying, "I've been training, I've been training, I've been training." So the only thing you're left with is, "I want to see it in real life." 
he ran an audible. He said, you know what? I'm going to kill two birds in one stone. I'm going to get, I'm going to get out of this bounce trap and still be able to accomplish that. Eight teams came to the new location. The seven who didn't show, they were going to see video anyway. So the video that the NFL wanted to put together as they wanted to control the narrative was something that I don't think anybody would walk in and say, I'll take, largely in part because, let's see, I just sued you and won for $10 million seven months ago, and now today I'm going to allow you to dictate and tell my story and then share it to the potential suitors who have known where I was if they were truly interested in finding a SIA and get me a live pro day. Most teams run pro days. They want it to be private because they don't want other teams to learn the intel in which they understand when they're looking at a considered player. Why would I give you that information? You're my competitor. I want to learn what I can from you as a player that the other teams may not know about. So when it comes draft day, I know what I'm getting. This group idea. So, was, but, do, I but think, do you think this was a lose lose for Kaepernick? Then, like, because even though twenty five teams sh- showed up, like you said, they mm-hmm. were low level scouts. Like, are mm-hmm. these teams just saving face? Like, we'll send somebody so they can, you know, he can't say we didn't give him a chance. Like, so we'll we'll never, we'll never get the answer. But I'm a, I'm gonna go with what I call leading leading the leading statement that lend myself to the jury of that this was a farce. The league called Kaepernick. Then they called the teams to show up. They picked a day before game day after the trade deadline. Teams are already set with what they are going to be looking at for the rest of the season. So basically, what was this quote-unquote pro day really going to accomplish for any team if you're a head coach? To validate what? I believe that there was a, a off-the-record conversation that said, look, guys, we got an agenda. We don't want to be sued for this whole collusion idea. I need y'all guys to send somebody. And for the greater the shield, we got an owner's union led by Mr. Jerry Jones, and he's got a lot of influence, and he said, let's get some boys on over there. Send your low-level sky costs nothing. Then because he moves the – then they drop to him the letter or the, the condition of contract the night of, and all of a sudden you see all these terms of expectation. You don't know who he's throwing to, which is key. You don't know what program he's had to throw and run and show. I'm like this. He accomplished that because everyone got to see it under his structure. You can go to get the video. It was live. Everyone had it. You may not have saw it we watched firsthand, it. but eight, eight teams found a way to get there, and those who didn't stay, what, you can't pay to change ticket fees for your organization on a flight? You were a low-level scout. You weren't essential. So why weren't they there? They were told yeah. to pass up. They were like caught in their feelings because they weren't able to accomplish the set up. Which was Second Street that Scouts signature. was probably off at college games that day. So, right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it, it was a lot of all fishy all about stuff a signature. going on. And we're going to get into it. This was a whole sham set up for one thing, to get him to sign on that data line. And they thought, when they keep saying, if Copney really wanted to take a shot, this was his one shot. Why are we assuming that this really was an interview? I mean, we're talking about, we're putting all the onus on 
trying to resolve this one issue, which we know was all about a politicizing of him kneeling. You didn't really think he couldn't play. What you wanted to do was find out would he be a good boy and talk the talk and say the right things. He capitulate and the mere fact that he put that T-shirt on showed the NFL what they really wanted to see. It wasn't about his arm talent, his throwing, his, yo, are you ready to fall in line? And I'm sad to hear that they would use the T-shirt as a distraction because at the end of the day, this is about football, right? You you said you wanted to find out can he play? He but you, but you know that they would. We all know that they right. would. So I mean, I think because of the failure, like because for of us failure, here, the signature. like we've said for months, not even you know. I think this is it's been kind of like a new thing. Um, mm-hmm. After this weekend, people were saying that, but. I know personally I've questioned how much Kaepernick really wants to be back in the league. And, and, and me questioning, it had nothing to do with because he won't fall in line and all the kind of stuff that Stephen A. Smith and everybody is basically uh, getting at him about. I, I always wondered, like, why he wanted to get back into the league. Um, and I know, uh, Jimmy, you've said before, like, he probably like historically he probably would be better off if he never took another snap in the NFL again. So I'm thinking at this point, he probably knows that his team probably knows that. So at this point he might just be playing the game with these guys, because if you go into something knowing that it's a farce, then you stand up for yourself and you change some things around I mean, he. I just think in his mind he knows he's never going to play in the NFL again. But you have to play your part, you know, if you're ever going to bring mm-hmm. suit to them again. And because that waiver actually said something about that, he definitely had to put his foot down on that. I mean, that's just speculation. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe he really, really, really wants. I mean, this is something he dedicated his life to. So there's that. But I, I, don't I know. apologize for dominating the statement, but I agree with you 100 percent. Football is entertainment. Right. He has a platform to be able to get all the news circuits that be talking about it. He had to show up. People are like, why did you even show up if you didn't want to play? Right. No, he had to show up. He knew the scenario. It was very clear the, the situation and how doubtful this could be the real thing. It was that last straw which cemented his thoughts or anticipated thoughts. I think he just had those guys on standby. I don't think that was initial intent to say, look, we're just going to run at this practice over at the other field. I think that was just on standby because I think they underestimated and he outsmarted them. And like they just in like case them. they try to, you know, throw something sneaky they in there. Knew. Right. Let's so have this place the ready. <laughs> they asked on Wednesday, hey, who are going to be my receivers? And there was no response. What program are you asking me to throw? Where's the, where's the sort of like there's a listing of throws that they will ask in the program right. for him to have They to wouldn't even give him a list of teams that had committed. Like that kind of just started leaking through the media, but they wouldn't give right. him a list of teams. Because, they, because yeah. they couldn't give the names because they had not. It's one thing if you call the team and say, hey, guys, who's interested in going? I'll set this up. No, he set the NFL set it up and then told teams. So that told you, hey, guys, 
hustle up, go get somebody. We got to make it look like there was no collusion here and that we have interest so that when we do have him come through and perform, and don't worry, we're going to control the media because we're going to only be the ones taping. And so no. we're going to leave. No. Uh, no, brother, that good. I got a, I got a bigger, I got a bigger question for you. Uh, yes, what, what, uh, participation and influence did Sean Corey Carter have in, uh, in all of this? I don't know. I don't think he did. Um, I know they, okay. there's leaks of saying that he helped push this out there because he was mad. So I believe he had a, a voice or they, I believe they, I want to say used him. I've always felt, and I'm judging. I, mean, I think they've been because, using him since the minute they signed that deal, yeah. but that's just me. Exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm judgmental on that. So I come in biased with the thought, but the fact that hear him say he was disappointed in Kaepernick, I'm scratching my head saying, why are you disappointed? Again, you don't have any skin in this game other than you wanted to look like the Hova, i.e. the savior. Mm-hmm. So, other than that, you find that your position is nothing but of a, a high-paid prompt, high-paid pawn for the NFL. So you're really there for a check because you're not an influencer. Those guys didn't bring you in to say we're going to listen to you. You're an advisor, and they're going to say, okay, we'll take your idea, but on our terms, because there's no possible way you're telling me, Jay Z, that you said, look. I'm not going to call company and tell him about this situation and say, look, I'm going to get you a deal. What are you looking for? Play a mediator, corroborate something. I mean, collaborate something that shows that, look, Kaepernick, we gave you a few things. You got to give us a few things. It was all dictated to him. And at their, on their time out of the gate, Hey, we want you there Saturday. We need two hours for you to get back to us. You say, well, can we do it the following Saturday? Kaepernick's in New York. Why is it in Atlanta? Yeah. And there's so many optics that you can look at. They're like, no, this is your once known shot. Why and the, the NFL why the offices urgency? are in New York. Right. Why, but why the urgency? I'm like, let's, let's take a central location where all the teams could possibly reach a two-hour door direct flight, whether it be Dallas, whether it be somewhere in the Midwest, but down in the southern right hemisphere, and you got him. You gave him four days. You call him on a Tuesday. Say, got to be there Saturday, and you don't get up. Why the urgency? We're past it again. We're the two days past the trade deadline. Teams have decided what they're going to do for the rest of the season. They've decided what moves or they won't make, and are resting on this is our plan for the rest of the year. So there's really no action on getting him anywhere. I think plan B was they were going to put him on a – they were going to take a team like Miami. I think that was a team that they were leaking that might be interested. What, right. Is he going to be on the bench? Is he going to be a starter? Are you going to, is he going to get a real shake? How many weeks would it take for him to get to know the playbook and be able to get on the field? Come on. They wanted well, to Miami, Miami wouldn't have worked either because well, the fans would have, the fans would have run him out of town because of the Castro shirt from a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that wasn't going to they work. Wanted to, they wanted that signature because right now, as it stands right now, he's accomplished having eight teams see him live and can't no longer say he can't. And I think actually one low-level scout mentioned, yo, he still got it. His arm is as good as it was. 
So good as it ever, good as it ever. Man, ex- excellent brother, excellent point, man. Excellent point. Great perspective. No and Reg, we we gotta go, but yo, yeah, we appreciate I'm, the call, I'm Reg. This is this is a, one call. of our better calls, man. Reg, make sure you call in and keep up with us every week, man. It's a good I was about to say, Reg, your, your call basically turned into a segment. You were like a guest. <laughs> so um, every every Thursday we're here six to eight p.m. Man, call in and rap with us. Sometime. We appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Hey, rookie Reg, man. As always, much love. All right. Thanks, All right. All right. Um, yeah, let me get y'all because we got the homie Naj waiting too. I know he got some good stuff as well. I mean, what did you guys think oh, man. of the whole like, thing? He, he made so many great points, man. I'm trying to think. I was sitting there thinking, it's like, all right, um, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Man, it, it's so many stories, so layered. Like, I don't know whether he wants to play, but I agree that he had to show up. Like, the fact of the matter is we're talking about a guy that hasn't taken a snap in the NFL in years, but he leads, like, um, just the sports shows, the other shows, in the course of the media cycle. So um, his objective was to, you know, continue his his fight or whatever you want to call it. You know, he had to do. Um, At the end of the day, man, to me, this is a whole different discussion. Um, this goes to talent and resources and ownership, and it goes into a whole deeper discussion of we don't control our platforms. We're nothing but the talent into the million-dollar slave talk. And I know we don't have right. enough time to get that deep into it, but the fact of the matter is, like, telling telling him that, hey, listen, to you, it's, it's, it's truthful. Here's the thing. Everybody take a side. Either you want the, the – Stephen A. side, or you're on the Eric Reed that when the fact of the matter is uh, both of them make valid points, and sometimes both people can be true, even though it seems like they're the opposite thing, because it's all a matter, yeah. of, it's all a matter of perspective, man. It's a matter of perspective. Um, but That's I would never though, tell Jim, someone, that you say that, because the whole Stephen uh-huh. A. thing, like, I don't think he necessarily took us. I think it's kind of unfair, with especially with black people are doing Stephen A., um, you know, we've I mean, had our in jokes the streets, though, man. in the like, past. You know what I'm saying? He'd be in the streets. Yeah, definitely in the streets. And he going to see T.O. about what he said earlier. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you saw you saw the very moment in his face when his heart yo. was broken. T.O. said Max yo, was yo, is blacker than you. Yo, T.O. to put some hot grease on him and be all said. Did you see what T.O. said to Stephen A. Smith, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's Friday. I heard about it. I didn't see it live. I heard about it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he he backed T up T O up after that. It looked like T O might have a little regret that he said that, because he might have realized, that's like, yeah, you know, it, that's, that's too far. Like what they're accusing for with Donovan already—that was black on black crime. But no, but everybody's quick to do that these days, and I, I've already noted that on several episodes about different things. Like Stephen A. First of all, has been, you know, supportive of Kaepernick through most of this stuff. I think. Where he gets frustrated, because I, you know, I listen to these clips. See, where he gets frustrated, it's stuff that we've even said before. Like Kaepernick doesn't really speak much for himself, so we don't really know. Like we're supporting him, but we don't know. Like if you're leading, we don't. We're not really sure what you're expecting from us, because a lot of this has morphed into like Kaepernick versus the NFL. Like people are mad because Kaepernick doesn't have a job. Like, I can't remember the last time we actually heard anything about the fact that, you know, the reason why Kaepernick kneeled in the first place. 
Like, that's been on the back burner for a long time. People are basically mad because Kaepernick doesn't have a job. And he doesn't speak that much. So we really don't know where his head is, what he really wants to do, what he wants us to do as his supporters. So the whole Stephen A thing, oh. it's like I know, these days I know you can't have – you you can't support somebody and have any logical self-thinking moments where you're you know where you're questioning something you just have to blindly support yeah if you it's don't like you, it's like you got all kinds all of coons like, you're so, all kinds so, of sellouts and, so it's it's like it's 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 man it's, it's a lot of history in that too it's sort of like um like don't 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 argue in front of the company right but that yeah. that's his platform, but it's not really his platform, which is why I said this is a whole different, deeper discussion. Because at the end of the day, you you, you are literally using like oppressor. Like Eric Reed uses the term often, oppressing him, and they're <laughs> the oppressor. Like he uses these terms, but you want to work for some, the oppressor. Some, you know, I always like, got bars for Eric Reed. Eric Reed is the most confusing oppressor. figure in this whole thing. Yo, he's more, he's, yeah. he's angrier than everybody. But you collect the check. Here's the thing, though. I think his heart is <laughs> yeah. in the right place, but I don't even know. Like, I, and and it's just like people want to people want to take fans absolutes for one, and they don't want to they don't they don't want to deal with context and nuance because nothing is is in black and white whole scenario on any angle, mm-hmm. any way you look at it. I mean, the NFL is, at the end of the day, right? Is an organization. It's a it's a private entity. It's a large organization. It's billions and billions of money. And at the end of the day, when we talk about business, a business is in it is it exists a thing, which is to make profits. So right. if they're able to make profits without dealing with this, that's what they're gonna do. Fact of the matter is, when I say we I'm talking about the culture doesn't all own platforms, although we are the talent in pretty much almost Anything that has to do with sports, entertainment, but we don't have this ownership, so we end up begging our quote unquote oppressors for jobs. On one hand, you know, they they oppressing me, they're my oppressor. Then on the other hand, yo, I want to I want to work. Come on, man, like you know, and I get it. You, but this is not an American like this is not a meritocracy. It's like you had the talent to play, like dude. There's a lot of people that have a talent to play. And I'm not trying to come off on a CBA because I'm also like I'm a I'm a I'm supporter of Kaepernick, um, fan of Kaepernick. But at the end of the day, man. But we've like, had questions. We've had opinions. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I question the whole ESPN thing too. Like, Stephen A. comes off too much. First of all, we're not going to go way too far. It's not like he want to exchange hands with somebody. Like, he see, see, see and, that's, and that's that was my and, next point. I, my my very next point, Jim was. Like it's, I think it's unfair how people are treating Stephen. Well, you got like like Whitlock. I don't care what you say about him because Whitlock from from minute one of this story has seemed like it was personal for him. He calls he calls Kaepernick names. He you know all kinds of stuff. It Yo, just he seemed like him, he, he was against him. He for, wants uh, him to fail. Mute Hamid Ali. Boy, mute, he calls the boy mute Hamid <laughs> Ali. No, but yeah, like for him, it seems funny. personal. I ain't, lie. I ain't gonna lie, that's kind of that's kind of funny. But hold on, though. <laughs> but that, but that, that also Stephen A. is not in that category. But people are placing but him that also, in the same but that also category. Goes to show you the kind of platform, and that's not that cool. shows the platform that uh, Stephen A. has. Because as I brought this up, the most people they have no idea about the vitriol that uh that that shit like is saying. Like the Stephen A.'s platform. That's that because is. people are already and refuse to listen to his ass. 
<laughs> yo, and a lot of y'all, man, I'm, I'm going to tell y'all another thing that bothers me too, man. I, I, yo, we quick to want to, like, um, give, and I'll use the term, uh, give people invitations to out. This whole love fest with Max, y'all got to chill, boo. Y'all got to chill. Max like, is a black hero, man. On, man. <laughs> yeah, now he's Max is a black hero. Yo, man, Max. Yo. And the funny thing is, Max, Max, Max is a good dude from near as I can tell. Well, black folks got to relax, man. All a white guy has to do is play a saxophone or dance real good and and or Dog, sing something if they show, if they minorly supported. They show semblance. If they show any semblance it's, it's of empathy love to our community, we jump yeah. behind them ungodly. Like, we... Right. Yo, <laughs> See, man, but that's the thing I'm with fine. Max. Like, I don't... I never thought Max was a bad guy. Like, I spoke with somebody about Me this either. today. I view, I've always viewed Max as an ally. But... Max is also like like he's speaking from a place of privilege. So the stuff that he says, it sounds great, but everything is not realistic to us. You don't have the, you, you know, he hasn't lived the plight that we live. So it sounds all easy for him to say certain things, and black people love how it sounds, and, and we cheer, and you know, now Max is the guy, and oh, he's blacker than than Stephen A. But Stephen A. was basically a, a lot of these arguments. He's just trying to give Max a perspective of reality, of how difficult it is, how we always have to be better than them to get stuff equal to them. And here's my thing, but, man. You know, people. And I, say this I don't know. I, I just think Max has work. doubled down on the the black love recently, just because he sees how people are he loves getting. He loves getting the love. I think he's doing it at the expense of of his co-host. He always and that's kind of always cool. wanted. To, he always wanted to be a member of Wu Tang, but that's either here or there. Yo, he got a rap. He got a rap album, right? Yeah, I know. This nah, also was, comes from someone. This yeah, comes from someone who was a fan of his to the point where, like, I don't even listen to sports radio because I think most of it is garbage. I don't even listen to it at all. But when him and Marcellus had a show together, I would literally download the podcast. Because I thought that was like those two together actually worked very well on radio. Um, so I respected his work and I respect, but this whole like you said, he's he's throwing his partner under the bus for one, he, and he's acknowledged like, yo, I'm on your platform. He said that several he's time. I'm on your platform, so he recognizes that's really the Stephen A. Show, whatever you want to say. <laughs> um, yeah. and, but and, and I also understand his perspective of like, hand it, hand it down by Skip Baseless. Yeah, he's like, well, hold a second. And also, there's a rumor that Skip, going back, by the way, they said um, Skip's contract is up. He's going whoever paid the highest ransom. He don't care who it is. It could be us for all he cares. He's just going whatever. Whoever got, the, got that bread, <laughs> Skip is out. Skip might be on whatever on Thursday, dog. But, um, Skip into the um, bank. Not, um, what's his face? Uh, what's, what's, the, what's your man uh, with Shannon? Uh, what's his name? That is Skip. That is Skip. My fault. I only watch yeah. these. I only watch these knuckleheads. I watch highlights. Yeah. But um, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I watch clips that people send to me. Yeah, people send me clips, and I watch the clip. It's in our group. in our group chat. I, but I don't. Other mm. than that, I don't. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, man, and I, you know, um, Max gotta chill, and we gotta chill with the Max love. Like, you know, you can you can understand that, but the way people are overboard with the he coming to the cookout, he's blacker than Stephen A. Smith. He's this like y'all go way too far, cause y'all go way too far. Yeah, T.O. that man. T.O. that man, an apology, man, for real. 
He said he's the defend T.O. ass, and everybody was calling him them kind of names. All right, but anyway, yeah, well, let, let's get yeah. to the phone lines because we don't have that much time left. We got a lot of stuff we wanted to get to, but it don't look like we're going to get to it. So let's get some more opinions on this. We got the homie Nodge calling in from down GA. What up, Nodge? War damn eagle. Yeah, I got bars for a few people being on hold lately, a little more mean. So y'all should expect me to be a little more mean than usual. Uh, look, man, when you out here with all this, you know, this SJW, key, 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 this woke, key, 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 30 years from now, you're going to look at and realize you were taking the positions of what was entrenched racial hierarchy and oppression. So, I mean, I know that sounds a little Eric Reedish, but when I hear black folks using that language, my eyebrow raises a bit, and I like to listen a little more intently because I, I start to realize you're usually hearing somebody who would uh, enjoy a boot with a fork and a knife. So, I, I, I just got a certain feeling about people who say things like that and I, about their perspective. And, and look, man, when we talk about this Kaepernick thing, there's so much in your window. There's so much stuff about, well, he doesn't talk much. Uh, how come he doesn't say anything? And then we start, like, coloring in the lines about his intention. Well, I don't think he wants to play. Well, maybe he does want to play. None of that matters. The, the issue is we're talking about a labor situation to where somebody was legally, I mean, uh, Illegally, I mean, uh, blackball. And after that, you kind of deal with the story as is. So the idea that him throwing against air was going to convince somebody to stop. Oh, man, look at him throwing against air out there. You want college prospects to throw against air because you want to see if they can hit certain routes, if they have the arm strength for it, what their touch is like, what the velocity is on the ball. But somebody who's an actual pro, you bring them into camp because you want to see what they look like against NFL game speed, what they look like against today's athletes. So if they were serious about Kaepernick, a team calls, he goes in and doesn't work out like everybody else, and they decide yay or nay whether they want to have him. Like the fall for this for this farce was what it was, and, you know, salute the cap for treating it that way with the T-shirt. Because, I mean, that's all this was, man. They were trying to get that dude to sign the waiver. And, look, y'all are a lot more generous to Stephen A. than I am. Uh, we're talking about a man who basically, we watched the situation where we saw an entertainer and a journalist. The great Howard Bryant came on the show like, look, man, I went to Atlanta, talked to sources. Yeah, he was uh, out there. Piece the struggle, piece he was the out there tweeting with a dead phone. All right, and my man is out here just yelling out, you know, just loud opinions as usual. It's entertaining, but it's not informative. I don't think you know, all that shit, like, look, man, the, the Screaming A character, like, you got to chill yeah, out. But that's the thing. I, I never thought Stephen A was informative. You know? Like, that's his shit. Right. I never thought he was informative. I just think people are, I just think y'all going a little hard on him with the with the blackness comments and all that kind of stuff. But, no, you, yeah, you've, but heard us, just, you've heard yeah, us dog Stephen A for, though, for basically with being internet, a, a fraud. Right, but. right. <laughs> With the internet, there are a million different opinions, some of them okay, some of them terrible. But once you start coloring the lines of the internet and saying, well, some people are saying this, some people are saying that, you really get no perspective on the story because you're dealing with not only sensible opinions, you're dealing with crazy people. So it it really gives no weight to it. But, you know, again, man, Stephen A., like, let's just be honest, man. To have access to certain things with these leagues, you are going to have to tell a certain line. So to say that this man wasn't carrying water and, for the and, NFL, like, come on, man. You know no, where I think he went wrong this week? Because 
when he did have like a differing opinion, it seemed like people questioning him made him even more upset. So at this point, you look like you're attacking the dude because why are you so pressed to you know to show us the the waiver and all that kind of stuff? It, it, it became it was an ego thing because because at some point you know Stephen A is the biggest name dropper you know in 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 the industry. So when you start questioning him and telling him he doesn't know what he's talking about, he's taking that personal. And and I can see where, you know, people would get upset because him taking it personal starts to make it look like he's going at Cap personally. Now, I totally understood that. But right, but, this, but this, this Steven thing, versus that, Max that thing, I'm like, <laughs> Yeah, I, man, I ain't even going to touch that Max silliness. But that's the thing, though. If, you, if you're going to be that angry when somebody questions you, your stuff needs to be together. Like, all of your stuff needs to be lined up. Like, you need yeah. to have done the legwork of reporting. And you know so what? You his do his stuff ain't been together since put back it. in the hold day on, in the man, NBA. He don't yeah, even know about the NFL. <laughs> if you're going to bloviate, you got to have your stuff to back it up when somebody calls you in the question and say, wait a minute, that's not what that waiver says. Matter of fact, why do you have that waiver? Because you wanted <laughs> to tell the NFL side of the story. They, that's why they gave you access to a dummy. And, look, that Miles Garrett stuff y'all were talking about earlier, as we all know, he went too far. That was crazy to see the man hit him with a helmet. I will say, if that happened on Sunday during the 1, one o'clock slate, we wouldn't even be talking about it. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a big deal. Yeah, it, it was the only, on only game in town. It was the only right. show. So, so they got so they got it to do it. You made an interesting point when you said that um, – he has to do certain things to maintain a certain level of access, right? Because in, in listening to what he's saying about Cap, he's basically saying, like, be like me, play the game, bow down and do what they want you to do so you can get your – that whole seat at the table uh, uh, nonsense that people love to talk about. And and that that's what's interesting because um, – Jimmy, he look, plays, look, he's playing chess. Y'all, y'all, y'all in Philly, <laughs> my homie uh, – y'all probably know him. Shout out to the great uh, the guy, um, M. Tillery. Y'all probably know him. He oh, yeah, really. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he asked David Stern a certain question uh, during Q&A, and all of a sudden he didn't get credentialed anymore. So when you talk about access mm-hmm. with these leagues and going outside of what they want to talk about, yeah, that can lead to that. And, and as far as the Miles Garrett thing, we, everybody's missing the interesting stuff there. This is a barbaric game. It's the NFL. This is not gentleman's fencing. Like, first of all, that, during that game, a dude left the game because <laughs> he bleeds out his ear. Like, this is football. It's barbaric. But the thing everybody's missing is the culture of football. As a D lineman, I cannot have everybody see a quarterback rolled on top of me and said something to me, and it looks as if he physically got the best of me for a, for a hot second. I have to retaliate. Yeah, I got to go great crazy. Point. I have to retaliate. Then we, then we move to Ponzi. As Pounce, look, Pouncey had to kick, bite, Damn near Hulk Hogan leg drop. He had to do everything because, look, you can't hit my quarterback with a helmet. I exactly. got to show exactly. out. I, like, it, it needs to be known that I showed out when this dude violated my quarterback. Like, those are the interesting things here that everybody's missing. Marcus, Pouncey's going to be held in high regard all around the league. He'll never have that, an issue getting a job as a free agent. You can't <laughs> sit in that old lineman room and lead men if you stood there while somebody hit your quarterback in the head, bro, like that was a 10 yeah. year, that was a 10 year thing he did right there. He's going to keep getting checks just for doing that, man. But, uh, yeah, overall though, dude, 
like y'all said, man, I don't listen to most sports radio now either. It's gotten really bad. Uh, well, this side says this. That side says that. Like, it, it, it's really bad at this point. But it is what it is because we're talking about, like, high-level social stuff, and we're trying to stuff it into these small interactions based on what athletes do or say or what the league does or say. And, you know, the conversations get convoluted because of it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, these conversations are usually too big for these small little things that we're talking about. So yeah. think about labor yeah. and the MLB probably about to be locked out uh, next year. Think about labor in the form of so many unions being gone now. And you, you kind of realize the moment that we're in. We got a go- whole gang of regular working class folks out here yelling boss talk. I think boss is right. I think he shouldn't have it. And you're looking at him like, don't you understand in the grand scheme of things, you are the one who would have a grievance against the ball? Like, but, hey, temporary embarrassed millionaire. That's Americans for you. We, 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 we kind of crazy out here. It is what it is. No doubt. But thanks for letting me go off. No stuff, man. No doubt, man. Back to that next week. <laughs> Thanks for your call, oh, man. Yeah, you nice. too, brother, appreciate, man. appreciate you. Appreciate you. <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks. Y'all be Yo, everybody, they making our job easy tonight. We got some good Yo, calls, back, some great that was, calls. That was back-to-back that was back to back fire calls. Yo, let me ask uh, you a question, man. Is it, we about is it to, me, we though? About right? to, or? We about to fall off that cliff, though, in a minute. But yeah. <laughs> good. Go Yo, is, is it me? Or... <laughs> we about to drop into Bolivian. <laughs> Yo, you know who. yo, quick question. I got an oh. Yo, before before you do that, on top, this I gotta ask y'all a question real quick. Cause uh, I, I don't know what y'all perspective is. Is it me or is it like, um, you know, you see a fight in a, um a baseball game or a hockey game, it's like treated one way versus the NBA and the NFL. I try to say nothing. All I'm trying to say is, yo, they, it was Cam asking for Miles Garrett to be arrested. They was talking about assault and what he could be charged with. And I'm like, yo, I hear that in NBA fights, you know, NFL fights, but in the mothers, am I, am I reaching or no? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, like hockey, I never want to put hockey into the to, to the mix because, I mean, that's in their rules. Like, you can get down, <laughs> but you're gonna get a penalty, you know, at the end of it. But I don't know. Baseball, I think it. I think. I think the games they play in baseball are real dangerous. Like, it's a game to them to throw a 90-mile-an-hour ball near somebody's head. Like, what if his re- Yo, reflexes no ain't like him, that? And, <laughs> no one calls them criminals or barbarians. Like, that's, that's like, assault. They have, a, they have a bat. That's a, they have a, that's bat a deadly weapon. Yeah, I mean, you and read – Because um, that's happened before. They're, they're, um, it's in Gus's new article. Yeah, um, read that on the, on the website. And it was talking about this. It was way back. This baseball player, um, I think somebody threw at him, and he ran out there with the bat. Um, I couldn't get from the store if he actually hit the dude, but I think he hit him with his bat. Yo, I don't really know what happened to him, but it was way the back. Bull, in the, day. the bull was getting ready. To, remember the bull was getting ready to rush the pitch. He like turned around at first. He like kicked the uh, catcher. I know you've seen that clip. <laughs> you know he, what? Like, he like drop kicked the catcher first. That's a smart move though, because you know every time you do that, the catcher is usually right behind you. So as soon yeah, as you yeah, cock yeah. back to hit around. the picture, the catcher gonna sneak you. So if you already he got turned, that in your mind, like, that's just that's yeah, good. He turned around and he turned around, he turned around and kicked the ball like uh, Shawn Michaels did Marty Jannetty for those who watch. If, he, if that, that was a basketball player, I, I would say he had good court awareness. You know, he know his surroundings. He know what's going on. 
Like just turn yeah, around, man. like anyway, man. you just start rushing the pitch, and you just turn around and and Rudy Tomjanovich, the the catcher. <laughs> Shout out to Kermit. Um, yeah, we we had a whole lot of stuff we want to talk about. Like I said, we had some great calls, so we let everybody rock tonight, man. Just a couple of things, and we got to talk about some of this later because it's a lot of context and and stuff that goes into some of this stuff, but um. Uh, the the quote of the week, man, it was, was something from Luka Doncic, the newest NBA Hall of Famer. He said, today when I slept <laughs> the nap, I dreamed I was going to score 16 in the first quarter. Then I scored 17. So I was like, dreams don't come true. That was Luka, you know, in the first quarter of his 42-point triple-double. <laughs> and the next game, he followed it up with a 30-plus point triple-double. And the talking heads are going crazy. I heard somebody on talk radio this morning ask his co-host, Dead Serious, is is Luka Doncic going to be a top 20 player of all time when it's all said and done? Like, yo, let him finish year two. He nice, but let him finish. Like, calm down. Um, shout out to LeBron James for the stat of the week. LeBron is the first player to record a triple-double against every team in the NBA. A um, little bit of context to this. Actually, Russ almost accomplished this first on October 28th. He was one assist shy of a triple double against the OKC Thunder. This, for for you know, this is a little easier when you switch teams. Like Magic Johnson would have done it, but he never switched teams. So the only team Magic hasn't gotten a triple double against is the Los Angeles Lakers. The only team Larry Bird never got a triple-double against is the Boston Celtics because these dudes never switched teams. So this was basically back in those days when superstars generally stayed with the same team, this was kind of impossible. So, But, you know, shout-out to the dudes, you know, LeBron, Russ, who should do it in his rematch against OKC. You know, people switch teams these days, so you, you can do stuff like this. But it's a hell of an accomplishment to score a triple-double against the whole damn league. It's a hell of an accomplishment. Um, Carmelo is back. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Melo. Yeah. <laughs> People dogging he, him already. He's back, he he back a, out here um, pissing, off, he's pissing <laughs> off all the analytic cats back here. Shout out to Melo. <laughs> he be out here with his negative purr, missing shots, <laughs> doing what he do. <laughs> that's, but no. that's my man, and he's where he belongs. No. I don't care what none of y'all say. Hey, Melo, yo, Melo's the fakest deep quotes ever on IG. Melo got to chill on IG, man. He like an IG sock with some fake deep quotes. But that's either here oh. or there. We was going to drop in the Bolivian, but the bull hung up, so. All right. Oh, uh, <laughs> We're going to shift the whole show. But um, uh, what else? Uh, today in sports history, uh, 11-21-73, Pete Rolls wins. The uh, NL MVP with the Cincinnati Reds. It's a damn shame Pete Rose still ain't in the hall. Um, and 11-21-1982, the NFL resumed its season following a 57-day player strike, um, according Yo, to Richard um, Sherman. Another, Get your popcorn ready because that's going to happen history, again. A piece of history that we got to touch before we get out of here, man, which was like Wednesday, November 20th, 2019, Ben's to the three-pointer, yo. Ben, he on his way. Reggie Miller. That's black history. That is that is black history, man. Before we go though, crazy part about that. Yo, 
That joint was in the flow, smooth. It looked confident. I don't yeah, yeah. want him. Don't veer out your lane. I don't want you to start doing that all the time. But you gotta Yo, do mean, something back you there. Now, keep the defense. Right now, he needs the league. In, he needs the league in three point percentage. He's a hundred percent from the field yeah. from three. So and don't don't and, do no yeah, more. The Sixers are undefeated in games where Ben Simmons hits ben the three. Hit the that's your real status. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. There you go. There you go. Let's get out of here. Man. Get out of here. Brothers and sisters for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook. Anybody who uh, got through, shout out to Reggie for uh, getting through, um, you know, via social media, then called in. And, you know, shout out to everybody who did get in, man. Great calls tonight. People who didn't get through, we apologize. Special thanks to Fred Perdue and Gus Griffin for their segments. Tune in next week live right here on demand. We're going to talk NFL, everything else happening in the world of sports. Probably Nick again. Probably um, you know, some sort of racism or some sort of police brutality. We'll be talking about all that. So until enjoy your weekend, enjoy the start of next weekend. We'll see you right back here next time. Catch everything we do in our hub. Our hub is warroomsports.com. Find everything right there. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of my book, Sports the Book at sportsthebook.com or at that hub of warroomsports.com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.